Hello, welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ron. And I'm Andrew. And today we have an amazing episode for you. Sadly, some bad news in the MLB. And what does it mean? What is going to happen? And also some more news in the NBA and NFL. And we have a very, very interesting story for you about a pretty decent MLB player. But he's not really known for that. And, uh, as always, the birthday of the day. An amazing filmmaker. Now, let's get started. Andrew, what is going on in the MLB? Did something happen to the Twins? Luckily, the Twins are doing just fine, Ryan. But it's on the eastern coast that has not been doing great. The Miami Marlins have come down with a ton of coronavirus cases. At least 19 players and coaches have come down with the coronavirus. And the Marlins played the Phillies in their first series. Wait, Ryan... The Phillies have it? Oh, yeah. It's all right. All the players on the Phillies tested negative, and I believe there was some other testing going around baseball, and no one else was seen to have coronavirus besides all those players on the Marlins. The Marlins will be shut down for around the next week. They can figure out what to do with all of their cases in quarantine and hope to get on the field as soon as possible. I know that definitely when I heard the news, I was very worried that the MLB might stop their season, but Commissioner Rob Manfred said that he definitely wants season to continue and that this is just a small roadblock and things will definitely continue a lot more smoothly. Ryan, think Manfred's right and this is just one-time thing, or do you think we're going to see a lot more of this? Well, personally, I think that we may see more outbreaks, but this is why the MLB has so many contingency plans. That's why when they decided... That's why when they agreed in the money in what, like late June, they didn't start the season the next day. They knew they had a lot of planning to do. And what do you think they did the next month? Yay, baseball's coming back. No, they were planning, having meetings every day, all day, every day, planning and planning and planning and planning. And that's why the NBA started their week. What? That's why the NBA decided to start their season two months after when they were able to agree on what was going to happen. They needed to plan, and they are still planning even though the season starts tomorrow night. They're planning and planning. These people didn't just plan to play the game and have a couple people wearing masks. No, nope, they planned that if people are getting sick and people are and there are outbreaks and teams cannot play, they know what to do. They have plans. They are smart people, and they know what to do. And there are a lot of smart people there that know exactly what needs to be done, and they are going to do it. Andrew, what can you tell us more? Yeah. Luckily, MLB games are still continuing with every single team besides, I believe, the Phillies are not going to play today. We're not exactly sure if there's a huge reason for that. Maybe just there's an odd number of teams right now since the Marlins won't be playing. But the Yankees, who are supposed to play the Phillies, will play the Orioles, who are supposed to play the Marlins in, I think, a three-game series, maybe one-game series. Not really sure. And that is good in all other 13 games will be going on today. So that is very good news for baseball. Now, Ryan, let's move on to the NFL. A lot of players, just like in the NBA and MLB, have started opting out of the season. In total, there are about 22 players, and six of them are on the Patriots. The big names are Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver for the Eagles, defensive tackle, Michael Pierce for the Vikings, (sighs) and also... Patriots linebacker John, uh, Dante Hightower, and also studying safety Patrick Chung. Ryan, why do you think there are so many Patriots? First of all, I'd like to say that Andrew's side was only for comedic use only. He is not mad at all at Michael Pierce, and actually likes Michael Pierce as a person. 
I think that the Patriots have many players that are opting out because when one player opted out at first, I think that more players decide, well, they decide to opt out, so I think it's okay if I opt out too. Because if you weren't sure to do something, if one of your teammates did it too, you'd think, okay, okay, this seems like, oh wait, two of my teammates did this. Okay, okay, it must be a good idea. Three, four, five of my other teammates have did this. It has to be a good idea. So, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree that probably some people want to um, follow in each other's footsteps and kind of all stick together. But I feel like, I don't know, there may be something going on with the Patriots executive office with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft or something like that. Where I don't know, someone has coronavirus or they're not going to take the right protocols or something like that. I mean, it's probably just a coincidence because most players are like, oh, I've family, and I don't want to lose them, or whatever, and I'm getting a new baby, which is definitely a good reason not to play. I'm not saying that they should play, but I'm just saying, I don't know, maybe it's just a coincidence. Now, let's move on to the sport of the next two days. The NBA is finally coming back after almost two months of having the season suspended after Rudy Gobert tested positive. There have been a couple more players. Sorry, I meant four months since the season. Um, and just a couple more players tested positive, a couple have opted out, but all that put aside, the season is coming back. Vine, what are you most excited to see in this bubble? Well, I'm excited to see the domination of the young talent. Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic, John Morant, Jason Tatum, all those guys, I'm so excited to watch them come back with those big old smiles on their faces, having fun, playing the game that they grew up with, that they love to play. And I just love watching that. I mean, yes, it is good to watch LeBron and Giannis face off and them to dominate, but that's not what I love about the NBA. I love the young town getting ready to work their butts off, to lead a team that has kind of struggled, that they are working their butts off to try to help to win a championship. And those guys are working so hard and it is really paying off for them. Andrew, what are you most looking forward to watch? I am definitely just wanting to see some very right-down good basketball. What I'm excited to see, yeah, three-point shooting will be good, but I really want to see some monster dunks, some monster slams, some things that might deserve top 100 plays of the last year, or just great plays. I want to be watching Hope stand up on my feet, even start applauding maybe a couple of guys. Because that's just how much I want to see basketball. Ryan, what is one storyline you see going into tomorrow night that you feel like no one's expecting? Damarant, the Memphis Grizzlies rookie, leading his team before this season. The Grizzlies were absolutely terrible. But now, with young rookie John Morant out of Murray State, which is a college I'm sure no one here has ever heard of, they have become, and the Grizzlies have become an amazing team. John Morant is, the, is an amazing phenom who I think deserves tons of credit for leading his team. So I think that is a big, bold prediction that will happen amazing tomorrow night. Andrew, what do you think will happen tomorrow night that we do not see coming? Well, I mean, this game won't exactly go on tomorrow night because there are only two games. But I feel like going into tomorrow night and the games that are going to come the next day, I feel like one storyline that almost every single person is counting out is the Houston Rockets. Now, don't get me wrong. Almost every single season, all the fans are picking the Rockets to at least go to the Western Championship Finals game. And I feel like almost every single year, 
or Vaughn—they get beat by the Patriots. Oh, the sorry, <laughs> the Warriors, or I know they get beat by the Nuggets or the Jazz, or a team that no one that is very good. But I feel like this year could be their year. They made some changes, gave away Chris Paul, got Wes Westbrook, gave away Clint Capella, got Robert Covington, and I feel like if James Harden can go off like he did last season when he averaged thirty points for like what. Like, I think it was like 30 games, maybe like 35 games or something. I feel like if he can continue to do that and Russell Westbrook steps up and have just 20, like triple double per game, I feel like that team could go all the way finally. Yes, I know. They might actually do it. Yes. Now, here is a very, very interesting story of an amazing man. You may have heard his name before, but boy. Do you not know the full story about this crazy, interesting man? His name is Mo Berg. Mo Berg was born in 1902 in New York. He was born Jewish, and he grew up close to the polo grounds, which was a baseball field where the professional teams played. His family was upper middle class, so they got some things that most other people didn't. As a young boy, he loved baseball, and his talent was full of it. And at age seven... He started playing baseball. He was very good, and his family always believed in him and supported him through whatever he wanted, and they gave him what he needed and normally what he wanted. And he was sent to great schools that taught him tons of amazing things. And even though Berg was an extraordinary baseball player, making the dream team for his district, he always was extremely smart. Though Mo was always very self-conscious of his religion because few people around him in college were Jewish. Mo went to New York University to play baseball, but he soon realized that A, he was, insa- he was insane at baseball and wanted a place where he could get noticed a bit more. B, he also realized that he was incredibly smart and he kind of wanted to challenge his brain, so he transferred to a different university. It was Princeton University, just an Ivy League college, being one of the most elite schools in the country. He learned seven different languages and was extremely smart, but he was always, but he always really struggled socially. Being one of the smartest people in school wasn't a great reference for friends. Bird continued to dominate on the diamond. Many amazing MLB teams were watching him closely. Bird um, was leading his team to many amazing seasons and many great feats. He played second base, shortstop, third base, catcher. He played all over the diamond, and his glove was what you paid for. You didn't really like his bat. He was a decent hitter. He was okay, but he wasn't really that good. But boy, his fielding, oh, his fielding. It was a beauty to watch. When someone hits him the ball, the fielders would mostly, and there's two F, the fielders just start jogging off the field. They know he's got it. He turned many, many double plays, even when it looked almost impossible to do. Also, when Berg often played second base in college, and um, he was really good friends with his team shortstop. And they were both extremely smart and both knew many different languages. And when the other team had a runner on second, him, Berg, and the shortstop would often call out many different plays. But not what you expect. They wouldn't call him out in English. No, who speaks English during baseball? They spoke Latin.
They spoke Latin so that the other team would not understand them. And when they'd say words that didn't make sense at all in English, the other team was baffled right down to the point where the second they called some Latin, the other team just starts walking back to the dugout, knowing that the play is pretty much over and that Berg and the shortstop were just too good. Many professional teams really wanted Berg. But no, not because of his playing, and no, not because he was smart, because he was Jewish. Many teams that wanted him played in New York, and as many, many people know, in the early 1900s, what was going on in New York? Yep, many, many immigrants were moving to New York, and those immigrants were from most countries, almost all of them were Jewish, and For all of those Jewish immigrants, they liked baseball. They thought it was a good, slow-paced game to kind of relax. And that was nice to watch. It wasn't too frightening or it wasn't too crazy. But what they really wanted was some Jewish players. They really did not. They really wanted to watch people that were like them. They wanted to watch Jewish players. So when the New York teams didn't have any Jewish players, some of the fans didn't really like it. And when you have a state... a um, in a town that's almost completely Jewish, you kind of want them to be watching you. So when they heard about Moberg, an amazing Jewish player, boy, did those teams go crazy for him. Two teams, the Giants and the um, Robins, that later became the Dodgers, both went after Berg like crazy. But the Giants decided to stop the hunt for him after they already had a bunch of great players that already played Berg's position. So they decided to stop the hunt, which meant that the Brooklyn Robins got Mo Berg as their starting shortstop. Berg was very excited to play for the Robins and knew that he could do great things for them, even though they weren't that amazing of a team. But in his first season, Berg really fell below expectations. He really struggled hitting. He hit around 100, which was really, really bad. But as always, his fielding was top notch, which kept him on the field. Once the season was over, his manager told him, told Berg that either he better work on his hitting a ton in the offseason, or he might be cut from the team. And Berg said, well, okay. So Berg decided to take a short trip to the Latin Quarter to clear his mind and really try just to take a little break before he would come back and work his butt off to get better. But that's not really how it turned out. After some time in the Latin Quarter, Berg decided that he loved traveling and he loved geography so much that he decided to keep on traveling the world. He went to many countries in the um, eastern hemisphere and really, really enjoyed looking through them. And he spent pretty much the entire summer camp in other countries. So when Berg came back for the start of the season, his hitting was worse than ever. It was so terrible that the coach of the, of the, um, of the Brooklyn Robins, demoted him to the minor leagues. Now, most players would not be happy about this. Most of them would be very angry. Maybe yell, maybe scream, maybe throw some stuff off the manager owner's desk. But Berg was, I wouldn't, I would say that he wasn't happy. He was outraged. He said that he would quit baseball if They demoted him to the minor leagues. He was so angry. He was screaming and yelling and breaking everything in his sight. 
And he was so angry that he was being demoted to the minor leagues. And he said, I'm going to quit baseball. I'm way too good for the minor leagues. But turns out he fit right at home in the minors. And the minors, his batting average was still terrible. But again, his fielding was the best of anyone pretty much. So after a couple of more years in the minors, Berg was finally able to make it back up to the majors after his hitting had gotten a little better. But it was kind of too late. His fielding had gone a little bit down, and a lot of teams didn't really want him that much anymore, and his hitting still was below average. So things didn't really turn out too well for Berg, and he felt like maybe baseball wasn't for him. He still loved the game. He knew it was America's pastime, but he just didn't really love playing it. So after a couple more years, in about 1940, a lot of players in the MLB decided to take a trip to to Japan. And that trip was for the all-star team. Even though Berg was barely even on a team, he was still invited because of his fame and how many people loved him and his playing style. And after when Berg took the trip to um, Japan, he really, really enjoyed it there. And aside that, he didn't really want to play baseball anymore. He decided that he wanted to go into coaching. So that season in 1939, he decided to start being the coach of the Boston Red Sox, a team that he had played on for a little bit. And Berg had played for many, many teams. He played for about five minor league teams and around five to ten major league teams. And Berg decided that he was kind of done with playing and that he was a coach. And in 1941, on December 7th, you know what happened, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Berg decided that this was his opportunity to defend the country that he loved so dearly. And obviously with Berg being such a smart man, knowing so many languages, being a little bit on the older side so he couldn't fight very well, he decided to, he moved up in the ranks so quickly that he was doing many top secret missions in other countries. He listened to a German press conference about bombs. He went to many countries in the East. Um, he went to China and Russia and learned a lot about their plans and what was going on in the war. He also um, was, he looked over all of the soldiers in South America and really looked over all of their conditioning and all of their missions. And Bert really helped the Allies with a lot of stuff. And after the war, he joined the CIA and did many top secret missions with the Cold War. And really, when there's, you don't know what the other person's doing, you need a lot of great spies. And boy, Berg was a great spy. Berg really helped America a lot. In, in 1948, after Israel became a state in 1948, Berg decided that he really wanted to go to Israel, and he wanted to do a mission there. But the CIA refused to let him go. And after that, Berg kind of decided to settle down. He mostly just lived with some friends, watched baseball, and didn't really do anything that important with his life after that. And when Berg was seven years old, he was living in a nursing home, and after he had a really, really bad fall that pretty much ended his life, can you guess what his last words were? No, it wasn't, I lived a great life. No, it was, how did the Mets do today? The Mets were a baseball team at the time. The nurse was so angry at him, she just didn't care at all. But Berg lived a happy life because he knew the Mets had played a game that day. Berg, since then, has been an acclaimed person and is really looked at as someone who could do it all. And he has been called the smartest professional athlete of all time. And many people think that he probably would have been a lot more successful not playing sports. Now, here's Andrew with the, with the birthday of the day. Andrew, thanks, Ryan. Today, July 29th, is the birthday of a great, 
filmmaker that also usually makes a lot of sports movies. His name is Ken Burns. A lot of people really admire Burns for some of his great documentaries, some about sports, but also some about other things. And some people think that he may be making some new documentaries. Right now, he's only made about four or five great documentaries, but a lot of people really, really like them and think that they are very entertaining. So I recommend watching some documentaries by Ken Burns. Never seen any, but I hear that they are very, very good. Now, before we end, just two small things about baseball. Ryan, tonight we have the Chicago White Sox versus the Cleveland Indians. The White Sox are pitching their ace, Lucas Giolito, versus Cleveland's fifth or sixth starter, Zach Plazak. Ryan, who do you have winning tonight? Well, personally, I've got to go to the Cleveland Indians. I mean, I know the White Sox have their ace, but the Twins beat up Giolito. Nothing the Indians hitting is better or close to the Twins. So tonight, I've got to give it to Frankie Lindor, Jose Ramirez, and Carlos Santana of the Cleveland Indians. Good luck, guys, and it should be a good, great game. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Personally, I just got to go White Sox. Those guys are good, but sorry. Chewitos, too good. And besides, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson, Edwin Enacacion, um, Yasmani Grandal, I just feel like are too good. And finally, just before we end, we just want to give you a small update on how the Twins are doing. We, or the Twins, are having a great season so far at 3-1. and one. Nelson Cruz was just named AL Player of the Week and is playing great. Yep, and make sure to tune into our next episode where I'll tell you the amazing story of another professional athlete who decided to fight for his country that he loved, Pat Tillman. Make sure to tune into the next episode in just two short days of Twin Talk MN.